0: I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that, can you dig it, can, can, can,
1: can Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by silverscreenandroll.com. I'm Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Rude. Jacob, how are you doing today, my friend?
0: Doing great. It's uh interesting time of year. to Lakers were in the playoffs for the first time in, what, a decade last year, and now it feels odd to have playoffs and not include the Lakers again, so <laughs> it's been odd to watch uh, Watch these playoffs we're recording during uh the Bucks Hawks game right now. So it's also odd that I don't know, for whatever reason, I only like just had this realization after the Bucks won um was it game one? Yeah, they won game one. Or excuse me, the Hawks, when Hawks the Hawks won, won game, one. game one.
1: Right.
0: I was like, Holy crap, Atlanta is three wins away from the NBA final, <laughs> which like honestly is really cool. But Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird time for basketball as a Lakers fan. Until today's news, I guess.
1: Yeah, all all is uh, normal. Just in case you thought basketball was getting too weird, nature healed itself. Uh, We'll get into that, I promise. It'll cover the bulk of our show. Uh, Two things I want to say about what you just said. One, I I texted one of my friends asking what the odds were uh, last offseason that the Hawks would even make the NBA Finals, let alone win it um i don't know that they will win it if they make it but boy they are making the bucks who have finished with the best um, hold on did the bucks finish with the best record in the eastern conference this year as well
0: no um, sure we did.
1: but but the bucks had the best record in the nba last year like yeah This is a team that has been good for a little while now. Uh, Ever since, like honestly, ever since they let go of Jason Kidd, uh, they've been really good. (laughs) Ironic. Shout out to the Dallas Mavericks for hiring that man to be their head coach. Anyway, um, so that that's the other. That's one thing I'll say. The second thing I'll say is, it is not so much weird for me to not see the Lakers in the playoffs because when I started covering the Lakers was the first year they missed the playoffs, and obviously they didn't make it again until last year, as you noted. What is weird to me is not seeing LeBron James in the playoffs. Like, that more than anything to me has been like, what what's going Like, LeBron and Curry and Durant yeah, not I was being gonna in the say, playoffs.
0: Honestly, it's more like, it's almost Curry at this point. Like, only because LeBron didn't make the playoffs a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, for Curry, it's like, we always had one of LeBron or Curry for, I, I mean, I'm the stat was floated around. I don't know exactly how long, but, like, if they weren't in the finals, they were making deep runs basically since LeBron's been in the league in the early to, or mid-2000s. So mm-hmm. to not have either of them, it, it's a little odd, but, I mean, I've enjoyed it, largely speaking. I enjoy seeing, I mean, this Hawks team's really fun. Trey Young, like, I did not think he, I didn't think he would be this good. And then I didn't think he could hold up like this in the playoffs. Like I thought he was some type of Lou Williams, ironically on the same team who (laughs) um, could put up the numbers, but like once uh, the playoffs come around, he'd be exposed. And Zach Lowe mentioned it on his podcast. on one of his podcasts in last week is that all those years of LeBron playing or the Cavs playing the Warriors and LeBron just hunting for bad matchups, Kind of jaded us to how playoff basketball typically goes. And none of the teams the Hawks have played have really had a player that can just go matchup hunting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which may be part of the reason they've been able to get away with it. I mean, really, that those type of players are pretty rare. And because I mean, you're talking your LeBrons, Kawhi's probably like your Harden and Durant's. Um, those type of guys are, I mean, it's, I'm sure I left some off, but it's a very elite list, so I guess it's not surprising that they haven't run into that type of person. But, uh, yeah, I mean, kudos to the Hawks, kudos to Trey Young. I've honestly been wondering if the Trey Young luca trade wasn't as bad as I thought it was <laughs> because I used to think that was just an all time bad move by Atlanta. It's still, I would still rather have Luka than. They got Trey and was it DeAndre Hunter um, or Cam Reddish, maybe one of those two the next year with the extra pick they got. But um, I would still probably rather have Luca. But the fact that I said probably <laughs> is something I would not have said even before the playoffs started. So shout out to Trey Young and the Hawks. This team is a lot of fun. And, I mean, I've been, that's who I want to win. Like, that's a – It'd be a really wild story, basically. So, um, it, it it's fun either way. I'm rooting for the Eastern Conference team, regardless of who wins when right. the finals come around.
1: Yeah, I I have been a Bucks fan for a little while. So, so when the Lakers missed the playoffs, I jumped on the Bucks bandwagon because, ironically, uh, I really liked. Their core of like Jabari Parker, Greg Monroe, Jonathan and and Michael Carter Williams, uh, and, and Chris Middleton. I thought, you know, those guys that that core is going to be good for a very long time. I felt the same way about Orlando with uh, Depot, Tobias, Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, and uh, Alfred Payton.
0: So I was like, never if you sign off on a young core then that's like a death list. <laughs>
1: right 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 uh, i mean i guess that orlando, young core.
0: <laughs> yeah that orlando core was good but they just weren't good in orlando like they all got split up and thrown everywhere but right nonetheless
1: um so i i i do like the bucks i would be very happy to see them win the finals however there is uh a kid from my hometown that I went to elementary school with by the name of Onyeka Okongwu, who plays for the Atlanta Hawks. I'm rooting hard for him. Uh, Although each player that has more success in any field that, or like each person that has any more success in any field just pushes me further down (laughs) the list of famous people from my hometown. My new goal is to be the most famous person with my name. So to any other christian is out there do not <laughs> follow your last dreams
0: name even i thought you were gonna say Rebus. no you, you
1: oh well, even more are you
0: joking that. there's christian bale like no no I, no 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 i thought you were just gonna go with Rebus. oh general, no 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 and you My were just first... like i'm gonna go first name last name
1: listen i had i haven't i had an uncle that played in the world cup for el salvador so i there's no way i would have
0: be the most famous person with my last name i mean you still have time you could make a world cup
1: (laughs) i mean maybe i could honestly uh i i have a friend not to get too off topic but i i have a friend uh who is like six foot one and we joke because uh salvadorian people um are not the tallest my dad i believe is like five five um and we always joke that we could start at the four and five for the salvadorian basketball team because because of how short we famously are. Um, so that is my note on that. Uh, the other thing I want to say is uh, there are a lot of conversations about the 2018 NBA draft that will be had as a result of this postseason. Because DeAndre Ayton, boy, was I wrong about him. Like, we always talk about bigs being slow to develop. Um, and DeAndre Ayton took a little bit of time, but not too much, because he went from being just like, a starting caliber center to a really just fantastic player in the postseason, And it feels like it happened as soon as the playoff started.
0: Yeah. The best way I've heard it described basically on how well he's playing is he's dictating who the Clippers play as a result of his play. Like mm-hmm. he's not, he's someone that they have to specifically have players on the court that can handle him. And mainly it's been Zubots who, Chris Paul is gladly put in a blender and, and pick and rolls as a result. Um it's it's I don't that that series has been interesting. I I joked on I'm not sure where it was specifically, but I'm stuck between two minds of wanting I wanted to laugh at the Suns and Chris Paul for him coming back with a 2-0 lead and then blowing it. But I'm also perfectly content to laugh at the Clippers for failing to win either game Chris Paul didn't play in (laughs) and then blowing it as well. Um, So honestly, I would mock whichever team lost regardless, but uh, I, I, I know we've talked about this. The more I watch the Suns, the more frustrated I am with how the Lakers season ended because again, we've said this this is a I'm I'm trying to think back. I don't think anybody in the postseason has beaten the Suns as badly as the Lakers did. No. And they handled them and they did it with with ease. I'm looking at their schedule. The only other game they've lost was to the Clippers in game three. Um, And that was by 14. That's technically how much they lost to the Lakers by in game three, but it was a much different 14 points because uh, obviously LeBron was clowning on them basically. So, um, man, I don't – I know it's something we talk talk about, and I know it's probably something Lakers fans don't want to think about, but for all the talk about how frustrating the season was and how much the team needs reshaped and everything like that, like when healthy, this team was pretty easily handling the – Team that's probably going to represent the West in the finals at this point.
1: When's the last time the Suns trailed this postseason? It was the like, Lakers, right? Because they swept. Them oh, against. in
0: a, in a series? Yeah, yeah. That's the only time because they they were down two one and then they won the next three games. They won seven, uh yeah, seven nine straight postseason games before that game three loss, and then bounced back for that win on saturday which was a slog of a game but yeah since since that game three loss they are 10 and one what's crazy
1: to me about even the suns clippers series is without Kawhi leonard the clippers have still been in every one of these games uh except the uh wait no they've been in like every uh, game one i feel like was a little out of hand and then um the Clippers made a run towards the end, but yeah, every other game, especially Game Two, one hundred four, one hundred three, the Clippers would have won that game, uh, and assuming all goes the same in the Game Three, they would have led in that series. So, that, I think that's important to note. But yes, generally speaking, I watch this series and I'm like, man, if LeBron James and Anthony Davis were healthy. Who knows what would have happened in this series? Who know, But, like, who knows what would have happened in the Utah series if Mike Conley was healthy? Utah probably yeah. wins that series. So, uh, it, it makes me sad to talk about. I'd rather look towards the future, which may or may not include <laughs> Damian Lillard. I personally tend to lean towards it not. Uh, but we'll talk about all of that when we get back from the break. I was watching uh, soccer this morning. Chris Haynes dropped an absolute bomb on uh, my TL, which at the time was filled with mostly soccer stuff. Um, he reported that, uh, I, I, and I'll read the, the the direct graph from from the report so I don't misquote anything. Uh, he says, quote, The enormous backlash from the Portland Trailblazers process to hire a new coach and his concerns on whether a championship contender can be built have become factors that may push the franchise player, Damian Lillard, out the door, league sources told Yahoo Sports. Lillard has remained loyal to Portland in large part due to the tremendous fan base, but over the last few days, he's seen some of those same fans attacking him on social media for a pending coaching hire. He played no part in consummating, sources said. Uh, that is at least the end quote of what I'm going to quote. There is uh, the report goes on to say that um, the candidates that were interviewed for the Portland Trailblazers head coaching job, Lillard was not informed of or briefed on, which, I I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that would be a pretty bold move from the Portland Trailblazers to not include your star player in your head coaching search. But whatever.
0: This is not a video podcast, but I'm making the face of the meme of why you lying.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see. I obviously don't know who Chris Haynes talked to for this story. However, Damian I could make an educated guess. Yeah, if money on the line, I had a, I had one guess to to guess who Chris Haynes talked to for this report. It, it is probably Damian. Lillard. Who else is get? Who else is giving Chris Haynes this information but Damian Lillard? Like, you don't put out a report about a disgruntled player and what they're disgruntled about unless you've talked to said player. I think uh, I could be wrong again, but it certainly sounds like Damian Lillard talked to Chris Haynes and was like, "Hey, I don't know how you're going to do this because it's absolutely nuts," <laughs> but. Just don't put my name in it. Just say that you heard it from a source. Uh,
0: It's like uh, during, this is something that college coaches will do, but like there, there are all the restrictions with NCAA, like, oh, well, during this couple week period, coaches cannot talk to recruits. So what ends up happening is a recruit will go with like his high school coach and they'll take a tour and then the college coach will walk up to the high school coach and be like, "Hey, uh, Chris, er, if you see Christian, let him know that we'd be really excited to have him." <laughs> so what I imagine if uh, if Haynes didn't talk to Dame like one one on one, which he did, but um, it would be like Dame talking to his agent with Chris Haynes standing right there. And Dame just saying, hey, if if you see Chris Haynes, uh, let him know, and then yada yada yada. But yeah, there was there was so much just eye rolling I had with that because uh, this it read as basically Dame looking for an excuse to get out of Portland, and on top and like he claims that he had no say in the head coach. Um, I'm not sure anybody believes that. And literally, I don't know, when when they fired Terry Stotts, Haynes wrote an article in which it said Damian Lillard is expected to have a, basically a lot of say in who they hire as a head coach. Mm-hmm. And the guy he publicly wanted in Billups got the job. So I don't believe for a second that's a reason why he uh, he wants to leave, but you know more power to you um just just don't lie basically just say like Portland's screwed up enough that like that's good enough reason for him to want to leave I don't think anybody'd blame him but um don't lie (laughs) don't say that it's because you had no say in a coaching (laughs) change everybody knows you had say in
1: yeah, there are a few problems I have with this report, and it's not even about like who he interviewed or the reporting done, because uh, I'm sure it is something that you know was well, um, like he made sure he got his information right, whether it was from Dame or somebody else. Obviously, that's not hard to to do if it's coming straight from Dame. Um, but the logic behind why Dame would want to leave, like from the outside looking in. If Damian Lillard wanted to leave Portland after the seasons they've had, uh, like them failing to get him a number two or uh, building a roster around him, them not using that massive Hassan Whiteside contract and attaching it to a pick to acquire a starting caliber player, that to me is always going to be the moment I look back at Lillard's time with the Trailblazers and say, what the hell? Why, like, Why didn't anybody do anything? Even... The Nurkic, the, the Nurkic extension I got because I think Nurkic is a good player. But if you have an opportunity to package Whiteside or Nurkic for an all-star level player, I think you absolutely do it when you have somebody like Dame on your roster. Uh, so that's one. I, I don't think he needed the excuses that he gave. My no. my other thing is the excuses that he gave. Like <laughs> going, going at the fans... For bullying him on social media, which I by no means endorse, I think it's stupid. Uh, over the last week, I found myself feeling really bad for Ben Simmons and Paul George because it's it's gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, guys, we get it. <laughs> you, it's it's they can't make free throws in the clutch and or sometimes at all, uh, and, and they don't show up in the postseason. I get it, right? Uh, I don't think that is a reason for a player to leave their current situation, especially when, you know, it, it, those problems seem to have not existed before Lillard was faced with scrutiny over the coaching hire, which in and of itself, it it paints him in a light uh, where he comes out as a bit of a hypocrite, because let's just say, which would be a completely valid reason that, Lillard in discovering Chauncey Billups' uh, sexual assault, or or um, hold on, let me just make sure. I want to. It was uh, allegations. Yes. But yeah. Now it's is uh yes yeah, sexual assault. I, I didn't know if it was sexual assault or sexual harassment. Uh, from 1997, David Lillard find out about those things and said, "I'm not cool with that." Um, for him to say that after publicly endorsing Jason Kidd Mm -hmm. also comes off as a little hypocritical. So there are a lot of problems I have with this report. Uh, But the gist of it is it sounds like Damian Lillard is setting the stage for him to leave for any reason that he can. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that's the general gist of what I got. Like, I'm not going to sit here and bash him about the billups thing because I'll be honest I didn't know about it until this week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I tweeted something about Billups going to the Pelicans and somebody it was I believe it was actually Harrison was the one who told me about it and I looked it up. So that one doesn't have much publicity, but yeah, I mean not a great look. Um especially, I mean, Jason Kidd definitely had a lot more publicity around his. But regardless, again, it's just looking for a way to get out of there and basically just using any excuse you can find, Um, which kind of looking at the team building stuff, there's a lot of similarities with uh, Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Like if you say CJ is basically the Drew Holiday in that scenario and then all the pieces around them have been just kind of a mess, Um, they've shuffled so many pieces through there and none of them has really worked. Um, and they've, as you said, they just haven't made trades when they've needed to. And the all in trades they've made trading first for Robert Covington, who, um, really didn't make that much of a difference for them. Mm -hmm. Um, stuff like that. They've just kind of missed on some of it was injuries, which again, Similar situation in New Orleans. Um, Zach Collins seems like he'll be really good, but he keeps getting hurt. Nurkic obviously had that pretty bad injury. Um, <clears throat> stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about the excuses he gave, but um, yeah, I'm not surprised he's asked out. I'm not. I'm just surprised that it hasn't come sooner the problem is that the fact it didn't come sooner is going to make moving him really hard for team for other teams, making a package to trade for him basically.
1: Yeah. So the the question that everybody's had today in terms of the circles that we run in (laughs) is whether the Lakers can trade for him. And the answer is yes. Mathematically, it is possible (laughs) for the Lakers to trade for him. Um, and there are a few scenarios that they can get the, that done. I will have a story up by the time you guys are all listening to this on how the Lakers can do it um, that you can check out. But the gist is it would take a lot of flexibility and uh, accommodating on Lakers players' parts that they don't currently have control over, uh, starting with Montrez Harrell. So a package of Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrez Harrell gets the Lakers to the number they need to for Damian Lillard. I don't know why Portland would do that deal. Uh, that is a bad deal for them. And that's ultimately the, the problem you're going to be running into with any package that the Lakers put together. Because best case scenario, the Lakers offer them a tw- their 22nd pick in the draft this year and then a future first round pick that still doesn't rival the type of packages teams around the league can put together. Um, and I'm not even sure like the alternatives to that package, which include uh and Horton Tucker sign and trade, which is probably the second most likely uh, scenario that the Lakers get. Damian Lillard, uh, if for no other reason than Taylor Horton Tucker is an asset and also a restricted free agent that the Lakers have more control over a sign-in trade. The one I've seen is a Dennis Schroeder sign-in trade, which is fine and dandy in theory. Like, he gives the Trail Blazers a starting point guard to plug in for Damian Lillard. Quite the talent drop-off. Uh, but, I mean, that's not a knock on Schroeder. Damian Lillard's just an absolute monster. Uh, But it makes sense in theory, more value probably than anybody but THT, depending on how high you are on him. But Dennis Schroeder is an unrestricted free agent. He can go wherever the hell he wants. Like, Unless he has his heart set on playing in Portland, there's no way for the Lakers to sit him down and say, hey, we want Damian Lillard. We're sending you to Portland. So (laughs) again, mathematically, there are several ways you can make it work. When it comes to probability and the Lakers' ability to to pull it off, it really all depends on what Dame wants and what the Trailblazers are willing to take for him. Um, and, you know, if he, if he really wants to play for the Lakers and says, I'm not going to play for any team but the Lakers, we could see this play out and go into the season the same way that the James Harden situation with the Nets did. But even then, like I, I hear the the Harden trade brought up so much when it comes to the Lakers acquiring a superstar for basically peanuts, uh, which when you look at the package that the Rockets got from the Nets when it was all said and done, it was peanuts. Uh but the the Nets, at least in theory, sent them a whole bunch of picks that are viewed as assets more than players uh because they're they're not they're nothing yet. They're not they're not players yet. The Lakers don't have that. But a majority of the Lakers picks the Pelicans have some control over whether it's the selection itself or the right to swap. So uh that is my long-winded way of saying I don't see the Lakers trading for Damian Lillard. I would like to know your thoughts.
0: So the biggest You laid out how mathematically it's possible, which, yeah, I mean, fair. It is. They could cobble enough salaries together. I think the biggest thing that makes this different than basically as far as I can think of any other trade or superstar demanding for a trade is that um, Dame hasn't even started his Supermax extension yet. Yeah. (laughs) That, That kicks in next year. That was a four-year, $176 million deal. Um, and the the difference, I mean, Harden was the one I saw today. Harden was traded at the beginning of this season. You had this season, uh, one more season, and then Harden has a player option for the 2022 23 season when he's 33. That's two plus one. Dame has three plus one, a whole extra year, and you would theoretically be getting him this summer. Just a vastly different, I think, scenario than the Harden one. Also, the problem with comparing it to the Harden trade is, um, I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying Houston was god-awful in those trade (laughs) negotiations. Like, they ended up taking on Oladipo instead of, basically Jared Allen and uh, Karis LeVert, which I don't understand at all, but um, it made that trade look a whole lot worse. And that isn't what superstars normally go for. I mean, we saw with Anthony Davis, with Paul George, um, that's what superstars go for. And those were guys who were, I, I I mean obviously Anthony Davis only had one more year left. I can't remember specifically Paul George's scenario. I think it was the same. Um so basically you're looking at a scenario in which you're gonna need to give Portland an offer that is just going to blow them away. And um I I to me Portland has all the negotiating power here, right? Um If, With all due respect, if Dame is this impacted by fans bullying him about Billups, like, I don't see any scenario in which he just sits out because fans are going to go crazy on him. Um, And he also just doesn't seem like that type of guy. But, um, I mean, that's what it would take. And even then, like, even if you want to throw a temper tantrum, say, I only want to play for the Lakers, like, it doesn't matter. you're under contract for at least three more seasons right. So it it really I think it's a lot different scenario than the other superstars who wanted wanted to play for the Lakers um, assuming Dame even wants that. Um, so I think Portland has all the power and then at that point you're having to put together a trade package, that just knocks him off their feet and the Lakers don't remotely have the assets for that because they traded for Anthony Davis and they cashed in all those assets to get him. They won a title. So it worked. So I'm not going to complain, but Mm -hmm. that pretty much was the cards they had to play. And now you have to restock in, uh, in terms of the assets. And in the meantime, we get to enjoy watching LeBron and AD play awesome basketball together. But that means that, To me, I think a guy like Dame is basically going to be impossible to get because the package that it's going to require is insane, basically.
1: So who are the teams you think can probably pull off a trade for Damian Lillard?
0: It's going to be interesting to see the reports that come out about what Portland would be seeking. Um, if If they want to go into a rebuild then your two kind of obvious ones are OKC and New Orleans, Mm -hmm. who have tons and tons of draft picks, even OKC even more than uh, New Orleans. I don't know that OKC is really on a timeline where it makes a ton of sense to get (laughs) Damian Lillard.
1: Absolutely not. It's like like we were talking about last week, that OKC is just going to take flyers on players for salary. You don't need to take a flyer on Damian Lillard. You know what he is. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So, I mean, they would have contracts and cap space and draft picks that would work and whatnot, but uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. New Orleans would be a really interesting one to me. Um, They don't have quite as many draft picks, but they have eight first round draft picks uh, between now and 2026 Um, between their own, the Lakers ones they have and the ones from Milwaukee for the Drew Holiday trade. The problem is um, I don't know how much value those Lakers and Bucks picks are going to have. They're going to be late first-round picks unless you're really banking on LeBron not being good moving forward, basically, or breaking down because of age. Um, But even then, you're talking way, way down the road before – Those picks really um, become something. But nonetheless, I mean, eight first-round picks is eight first-round picks. Um, How many of those New Orleans would be interested in packaging would be one thing. They also have players that could be interesting. Obviously, Lonzo is a restricted free agent. He could be a part of a sign-and-trade. Josh Hart's a restricted free agent. Um, They have Jackson Hayes. They have Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, it could even be somewhat interesting depending on what Portland wants to do. They have Steven Adams, who I think is still a valuable big man that they that Portland could potentially flip. Eric Bledsoe is not valuable anymore, so I don't really know. He would be the salary ballast you would need. But um, I could see New Orleans as a leaning spot, especially with Zion saying he's unhappy potentially, like maybe that really kicks their kicks them in the butt and David Griffin finally decides he needs to do something. But uh, I think New Orleans has both the assets and you could basically trade in all those assets and at worst you're going to have Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. And that's a really damn good big yeah. three to build with.
1: I love that core. Like I'm not going to go as far as to say that would immediately been- immediately be the best trio that uh Lillard's ever played with because some of those trailblazers Blazers teams were good. It, mm,
0: I I but, would have to look but I, but I would on, be hard like, pressed to think of another.
1: Yes, talent, um upside, all that stuff I, I think he could be well on his way. It wouldn't it wouldn't take much. Um but yeah I I would love that. I'm uh, I'm also interested to see what the trailblazers what the reports are the leaks are that the trailblazers would take for him because i think it, in most cases they start off high asking for like an all-star or superstar player in return we saw that with james harden the nets were asking for a all-star superstar player in return that's what people usually want it's easy to I was gonna say
0: it's easy to say that it's harder to get that
1: um but i I've seen the the Ben Simmons and pieces for Damian Lillard trade thrown around quite a bit. And I honestly don't hate that as much as other people seem to. Like, Damian Lillard, Tyrese Maxey, and an assortment of picks, players, whatever. I think that is a win-win trade, assuming one team just wants to stay competitive and see you know, usher in a new era of Portland Trail Blazers basketball with somebody who is an all-star, probably an all-star whose market has never been worse, mind you, but an all-star nonetheless, one with theoretically a high upside because he hasn't figured out his jump shot yet. Uh, And then for the the 76ers, you're getting the exact type of guard you didn't have in this postseason run or the postseason run prior. It's, I like it. I, I wouldn't hate it. Do I like it as much as the idea of Lillard playing with Ingram and Zion? No. <laughs> um, but I think that is more likely the type of package we see from, from Lillard. Cause with the amount of salary that the trailblazers just have committed already, uh, with CJ Nurk and Covington and, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen with Norman Powell, who's due for a contract, uh, my guess is they'll probably want to stay competitive. And if that's the case surrounding Ben Simmons with the type of shooters that the trailblazers have, I think is a decent situation for him. So that's a landing spot. I could see the most chaotic one that I would love to see is just the Washington wizards, ignoring everything that has happened over the last few years and going all in on Dame, like offering Russ, Denny, and, I think they have like the fifteenth pick this year. Just going nuts and talking themselves into being able to come, like compete with a with a core of Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal, basically creating Trailblazers East all over again. <laughs> that would be incredible, uh, and I would like to see it for that reason.
0: I'll start with the Philly package. My problem in that package is everyone basically just spent the last week talking about how bad Ben Simmons was Mm -hmm. (laughs) his, his value has never been lower. Um, So if I'm Portland, why would I want to trade for a player whose value is at an all time worst? Um, And if if I am, then you're going to have to add a whole lot of things with that. Right. So you're going to have to give, a Tyrese Maxey multiple picks I don't I don't know uh, the pick situation for Philly and how many they have um, I just don't know maybe you asked for a Seth Curry I don't I mean you have CJ so I don't really know why you would do that like I'm just trying to think of what pieces Philly has outside of like Simmons and Maxey that would really be of interest um, I'm not sure there is maybe a Matisse-Thibault. Um, but again, these are all kind of, those aren't really premier players in a package. And mm-hmm. then if not, you're going to have to, um, include a bunch of picks. And I don't, I mean, Philly does certainly doesn't have an influx of them. I'm trying to pull it up as I talk, but, uh, they, They owe a first to OKC in 2025. Everybody owes a first to OKC. (laughs) Um, So outside of that, they have picks. So you could include probably three first-round picks plus Simmons and Maxi, And I don't know. You you could probably get in the conversation. I'm just not sold on teams wanting to. I'm basically Ben Simmons being the highlight of a Damian Lillard trade right now because everybody just spent the week talking about how bad he was in the in the playoffs, which he was. I'm still a Ben Simmons believer, but yeah, y- his value is just absolutely at the floor right now. Um, I mean, the Washington one. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to think <laughs> about Dame and Bradley Beal. But you said it. That's basically Portland Trailblazers East. Maybe they have more success because they're in the East. But like, I. I <laughs> Wizards almost made the playoffs. Sure. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know why you would trade for this version of Russ. Like, cool, he got the triple-double record, like, all that fun stuff. He's still the same Russell Westbrook who – I mean, if you want to stay competitive, then I guess that's the reason you do it. You, It's a package of Russ – I don't even know – Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia. Yeah. And Picks. Yeah. Um, So I guess if you, if that's what you want, like go for it. But, uh, I mean, Washington owes a first to Houston in 2023 outside of that, they have all their first round picks. I mean, I guess, (laughs) um, (laughs) the amount of
1: the amount of whatever, I guess, like you, uh, you had the same energy of like a parent who just heard their kid wanted to to get a tattoo, but <laughs> you wanted to be cool about it. It's like, I mean, that's fine. It's your body. Like you can do whatever <laughs> you want, I
0: guess. I mean, I would tune in to watch Washington with Beale and uh, Lillard, but it's not going to be a different outcome than what they just saw in Portland. So I mm-hmm. guess if the wizard's goal is to become Portland, like sure. But I would imagine the goal is to become better than Portland and become the Lakers or become the Warriors or the Cavs, basically a team that won the title. So uh, I don't know. Minnesota is the only other one I can really think of just because they have so many good young players. But I mean, I, I've seen some D'Angelo base trade packages. They went, they worked so hard for so long to get D'Angelo Russell that it would be some kind of cruel twist of fate or irony more than fate that they then send him away after like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and I would, I don't think they have any interest in trading Anthony Edwards like he was a lot of fun this year so um and I basically I mean you would have to include those two I think in a trade package for Dame so I mean I I guess that could be a package that could work but um I mean Dame and Cat would again be a lot of fun together but at that point you don't really have a whole lot else um pieces around them like I don't think Minnesota's particularly close to doing anything um, I'm just kind of looking through teams everybody's always going to mention the Knicks they were fun this year but I mean an RJ Barrett OB Toppin trade package I don't think really gets you on the phone <laughs> with uh, with the Blazers um, what is that two top five picks come on <laughs> Uh, sure Um, <laughs> the I will say I'm not sure there's anywhere I would rather see Dame Lillard splashing threes from miles away than MSG. Um, I thought
1: you, I thought you were gonna say, um,
0: well, the Chase Center.
1: Center.
0: Staples Center is the obvious answer.
1: What about what about Dame going uh, back home to? Well, I mean, not Oakland anymore, but San Francisco.
0: <laughs> that Maybe would be team. 13- Three team trade and send Steph to the Lakers.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, my assumption was that Steph and Dame and Clay and Dre would all be what the hell are you trading in? Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, the number four pick, the number 14 pick. And I don't know if they have future firsts to pick, uh, to, to trade, but I mean, it's not listen it's not totally unrealistic when you put together the assets that they have. Like the Warriors are absolutely in a position to pull off a trade for an all-star level player. Is that player Damian Lillard? I don't know. Uh, But it's a possibility. I'm sure they'll explore it. Like that, that three guard lineup would be a lot of fun if, if, if Clay's still healthy, but
0: that is for 180 yeah. and give up 190. <laughs> like it'd be fun, but I mean, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to see him back in the bay. Uh I th- still think Andrew Wiggins has negative trade value. Like I still How think you, you I still think you need to attach assets to him to uh to get rid of him. So I mean you're already starting at a negative, you have to include him in that trade for the salary. Yeah, I, I mean, unless you're trading Clay or Draymond in that deal, um I don't think it's gonna work. The other really fun one, but I would don't think they would do it, would be Denver. Isn't yeah,
1: I don't that, think they'd do it either. But that would uh, that would be a lot of fun.
0: A Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. package. I'm not sure you'd have to you'd have to include a little bit more, but not much more. Mm-hmm. Um that'd be a ballsy move. <laughs> that would be a a wild move. Jamal Murray was really good when he was, before he was injured. Um, and I don't know, I'm still not sold on Michael Porter Jr., but he was a lot better defensively this year. Um, you're basically, it's similar to the in ways to the Lakers trading for AD and that's your move. That's your like big final move to put the pieces around Jokic, but good God, a Jokic Lillard two man game is just terrifying to think about. Like, I I don't know how you would stop that.
1: Well, I'd hope the Lakers would figure it out. Um, (laughs) the, The last thing I have for you before we head out of here is a question. It is a yes or no question, but you can feel free to elaborate. Uh, do you think Damian Lillard will be on the Portland Trailblazers for the start of the 2021-22 season?
0: Um, yes. I think he'll probably play out this season and then maybe next summer they revisit it. Yeah. I just don't really think that there's anybody that can really put together a appealing package to to trade for him right now unless Portland really settles for something basically like Houston did, but for all the reasons we laid out, Portland, I think, has the leverage here, and I think that Dame is too loyal, and he's not really the type of guy to uh, to sit out and tank his value. Um, So I think he'll play it out this year in Portland, but I think it'll be a lingering storyline, basically. It, yes. What's gonna be What's gonna mm-hmm. be really interesting? Sorry to cut you off. He's gonna be on Team USA. The tampering that's gonna go on <laughs> for for te- I mean, that's already like a hornet's nest for tampering. Not, not necessarily tampering, but collaborating between guys and whatnot. No
1: Lakers are going.
0: Uh, yeah, I know that's a sad thing. Um, I mean. We got our tampering in last year when he was literally in Space Chamber. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, as a purple and gold robot, mind you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, foreshadowing. But uh that's gonna be a that's gonna be fascinating because Draymond's gonna be there. You mentioned the Warriors, like there's gonna be all kinds of people there trying to convince him to come, but ultimately I think he will play for the Blazers next season.
1: I think you're right. I think he's this will probably simmer down when like we'll get a report that chauncey and dame met over dinner and yeah. said that they were committed to riding the ship and leading this organization into the right direction uh, but all it takes is another playoff exit to to wind those rumors up again so I think it, you're absolutely
0: it, it puts chauncey in a really interesting position i don't know if interesting is the right right word but like it's going to be hard not to address right these allegations at this point um and i very much can see that meeting you're talking about but i again i think if they have this meeting like there's going to be things that have to be addressed so i think the blazers are announcing him on tuesday it'll be interesting at that press conference if it's brought up or mentioned but uh it's going to be a really interesting off season Um,
1: for new head coaching hires in general. uh, That'll do it for our show this week. Uh, Next week. I don't think there's anything big going on. It is uh, the 4th of July is next week. Uh, It's actually next Sunday. So we may may not even record if, if we do record it's because we're committed to the grind and we're built different. Uh, But we're not going
0: to record. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I I already have plans for the 4th of July. I am not committed to the grind. We will see you in two weeks. None of those statements apply to me. So yeah, we'll see you in two weeks.